covering you from your LB1 to your taxi squad. This is IDP Nation. Manning back, pops, he fires to the far side. It's intercepted and running into the touchdown. Your home for the best in IDP and draft coverage. Daniel has time in the pocket, steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Here are the hosts of IDP Nation. Hollywood and Kyle B. Welcome to IDP Nation. I'm your host, Hollywood, and I am joined by my my friend, Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? What's happening, Hollywood? G- glad to be back, buddy. I missed you. Oh. Not words I really wanted to hear from you, but okay. <laughs> no, nah, man, oh, it's it's uh it's good to be back. It's been a it's been a long week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's and it's we been, and we uh, got a special guest with us tonight. We, we sure do. We do. Yeah. We have uh, Nate Markham from at Fantasy or uh, Fantasy and Frames. What's going on, Nate? Not too much, man. The production quality of your intro is phenomenal. Yeah, I we mean, know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I was like, man, I was like, is he going to do the, uh, say, and special guest, Nate Markham? And he did But regardless, <laughs> the next time I'm on, uh, special voiceover guy, I, I would love to. Was- yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah we'll see. Like I said, we know a guy. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, Nate put that together for us, him and somebody else that he knows they worked. Uh, they went and put that together for us. Nate Cheatham. And uh yeah. Yeah, they uh, knocked it out of the park, I think, for us. So. Yeah, super, super cool. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to do one for uh, WIDP Grind next. So that'll we be awesome, get, too. We just got to get the Nate Markham drop for next time. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Let's hope I don't screw this up so bad that I'm allowed on the next time. That's <laughs> well, if, if, we do, if you do. is on. <laughs> see, the rule here is if you do, I'm blaming Kyle, and we'll just boot Kyle. Yeah, let's. Yeah, we're just firing. Right? Yeah. You know, I fire him ten times a week anyway, so it don't matter. <laughs> Cannot it's true. allow that. I, it's just true. <laughs> I feel like if that happened, uh, you and I would go off the rails way too often. Like many of our unlive events that turn into us sitting, well, me sitting outside till three in the morning talking about pretty much nothing. That happened. That happened. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, that was my next question was if Daryl even remembered that. <laughs> Don't you be worried about what I remember, okay? All right, all right. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we said, God, we sit there for it. And it seemed like it was only an hour. I know. But we sit there for freaking ever. My wife even brought me a, uh, my own, like a bar. She brought a bag with ice and like oh, yeah. three different liquors and mixed drinks so I could make drinks because she loves Hollywood. She, she does. She does. She gets Most people do. Most people do. That's yeah, true. you got to give them what they want, Kyle. I know you're laughing, but hey. No, man, you're a fan favorite. I'm not gonna lie. I, I am. I, I get it. I get you it. Know, she would love you. This mailbag of fan mail that I had sitting over here that comes in every week. <laughs> like, I don't even know how he does it. Exactly. It's nothing. It's nothing but anthrax <laughs> and cuss words. Uh, what, hey, cuss words. That's my favorite. <laughs> <Exactly>. People get me. <laughs> true. This is true. Um, before we get started, Kyle, I'm disappointed in myself. I missed a milestone for us. Last week was uh, number 96 episode, but
but it was the 150th episode overall for us. Wow. Because we started out, me, yeah, me and Dan started out as IDP Edge Crushers. Okay. And we ran 54 episodes, and uh, we were talked into um, changing the name, which we took over for somebody else, uh, you know. They had already supplied the name, so we just stuck with it. And uh, they were like, hey, you know, why don't you uh, come up with your own name and just switch over? So that's we come up with IDP Nation. And uh, so we're closing in on 100. This is 97, so 100 with IDP Nation. But we had 54 with the Edge Crusher. So last week was our 150th episode. That is awesome. And, and it, I kind of missed that. So That's awesome. Well, hats off to you and Dan, because I've only been here for a few. So you guys. You've been you here guys, for too damn many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 said, I, I was I, hoping I, it was I like a one-week feeling thing, and damn, you're here forever. The dog that you fed outside the door that keeps coming back for the kibble. and yeah. So this is episode yeah. one, like 151. So that's yeah. a. You're starting the new 150. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take You're the first of the next 150, Nate. I hope you guys do. I know you guys will do it. That's all. Well, I, well if, I, if I don't kill so. Kyle by then. I was going to say, poor Kyle might yeah. put up with you. I'll be here. Much. You know. We should keep a it. we should keep a meter going. How many times you fire me over the next? <laughs> well, you'll probably yeah. have to give me. Let's see here. Mm, by the way, this feels probably another 20 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just saying. All right. That's, got, that's fair. I got plenty of notes just in case. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's already ahead of you, Kyle. He's mm-hmm. already got notes ready. Yep. Well, he, kn- he knows what he's talking about. I don't. I just have to spitball <laughs> and write a bunch of shit down so that I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're giving Kyle too much credit. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely give me too much credit. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, honestly, Kyle has done a great job on a short notice uh, filling in for Dan while Dan tried to, to decide if he was going to step away or not. And, and Kyle stepped in and has knocked it out. And if nothing else, he's done a great job of taking the uh, the berating and punishment that I deal to him on a weekly basis. So, And he's not left yet, so <laughs> apparently he likes it. So, yeah. you hey, know, thanks, if, it buddy. if it ain't broke, I ain't fixing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I didn't expect you to change anytime soon, so – no. <laughs> and, and I'll have to send you my new. Well, it's not my new. It's it's my favorite 101 meme of all time. You yeah. you saw it in our uh, chat earlier. It's the uh, the South Park uh, meme. You're better than that, Kyle. Oh yeah. yeah. He gets roasted with that about 15 times a week. Yep. At least. At least. But yeah. Enough of about our uh, our crap. That's not <laughs> what people want to sign in and listen. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to mention the news and notes because I was like. I was doing the uh, show sheet and I was like, oh man, that's 150. We missed it. So, um, very cool. But I guess with the reason, one of the reasons I missed it is because of where we're on anchor. We started with the new number. So I'm, I'm still, I was thinking 100 and then, you know, we had the 54 before. But oh, and you had to do math? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, you know, I had to take my socks and shoes off to use those toes. So, so you got to you four know. then. Yeah, I got to four. Well, three and a half because that pinky toe don't look right down there. I don't know what's wrong with it. But, you know. Is it supposed to be black? Because well, I don't know. Anyway. 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 So news and notes. We'll get moving here. Um, since you're our resident chief here, 
Sure. Kansas City defensive tackle Chris Jones is going to play some defensive end this season, which we were kind of talking before it jumped on. He kind of played uh, off tackle there a little bit last year. You you can go ahead and give him the numbers again if you'd like. Yeah, he. I feel like you know I watched every game, but I don't remember him lining up uh, over tackle as often that. Uh, 198 snaps on tackle and actually 38 outside of tackle. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. this is uncharted territory, but I mean, it still is 38 snaps outside of tackles is, is nothing, uh, but I think a rotational piece. I mean, here you have the, the second highest win rate of defensive lineman last year next to Aaron Donald. So if, if he can get some one-on-ones and you know, you and I have talked about uh, Jaron Reed coming over is going to yeah. make a huge um, pressure and presence felt inside and, and they need it. I'm not trying to to knock them, but our pass rush last year definitely seemed to uh, take a step back. And granted, uh, you know, high potent offenses usually lead to high snap, you know, sack totals, and and, and I think that kind of normalized a little bit last year. But I'm excited for the opportunity. Uh, Chris Jones isn't someone that I necessarily heavily target in in most leagues, but if he can jump outside a little bit they have rotational depth and you know another thing that we've talked about and kyle you 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 and i haven't had a chance to speak about this but with 17 games on the slate i think that a defense and the defensive rotation is probably going to be more paramount this year than any other year <laughs> oh, just point, to stay you know healthy and 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 full of uh vigor i guess is the right way to say it right no, well we kind of touched on it too um it's the depth, you know, it's always building depth, but now you got quality depth right. with Jerron Reed. So I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, when you get a top defense in or a defensive tackle or even a nose tackle, when you're inserting a top player, it filters everything down. It makes your depth one spot better all the way down. It's not like you're adding a piece that's, well, he may be a secondary guy or he's tier three or whatever you're in, you're inserting, Jerron Reed, one of the best defensive tackles for the last, what, five, six years. So that's going to filter down and make everything else better. So, yeah, if you can get Chris mm-hmm. Jones on the outside a little bit, I like that. That's, that's He's going to be a piece I can see them moving around, uh, matchup yeah. advantages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But if anything, hopefully that helps Frank Clark because he's kind of been right. gone. I mean, right. Yep, it, it, he he definitely uh, needs to pick it up, man. Frank Clark struggled last year, and um, Barnes Barnes getting moved to the outside will help Clark. And um, but yeah, I love this for Chris Jones. Um, I'm a big Chris Jones fan. I think he's one of the better you know defensive tackles. If you play leagues that um, either you start defensive tackles or their defensive tackle premium, I mean he's one of the dudes I always I'm always looking to get. So. If he's going to be playing outside more and he still keeps that detackled designation, whether it's MFL or whatever uh, platform you're using, uh, fan tracks, um, you know, whatever one you're using, um, that's that's huge because I think it only makes him more valuable because he's going to get, like you guys said, some more chances for them one-on-ones and he'll kind of get more reps away from that inside guard uh, center double that that he gets. You know, he you know, Gerard Reed's like you guys alluded to, like that's a that's a that was a really good signing for you guys and it. It gives you the ability to move move Jones around like they plan on here, and I, I love it for Chris Jones, big fan. And I think uh, we're going to see another real strong year from him. And, and it, if you think okay. of it from a contract thing too, they only signed him one year, right? So and he only wanted to sign one year, 
So he's betting on himself having a huge, <laughs> huge year because he's wanting this huge payday next year that's coming. Mm-hmm. If everything's mm-hmm. back, this thing's going to jump $20 million back the other way. So uh, he's banking on himself, and anytime a team can get a player that's contract year, you know, banking on himself, exactly. I, it's just a win-win, I think. And Kansas City's going to be – that front line is going to be rough to deal with for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tucker yep. Charlton's uh, back again too, and yeah. not, not the again quality piece. Not somebody right. that we're going to talk about from an IDP standpoint, but someone yep. that's going to be able to play quality snaps and and give breathers here and there. Yep, yep. I like it for you. I really do. Absolutely. Um, Seattle, they signed, and here's a name we hadn't heard in a while. They signed defensive lineman Robert Kandichi. Yes, that Robert Kandichi. Hmm. And head coach Pete Carroll has said he expects him to be an impact player. Hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of hope. I was one of them. I thought he was going to be the next big thing as far as an interior defensive lineman. Um, and I don't know what happened to him, but he just, like a sparkler in the night, he faded out quick. And uh, just, you know, there was concerns and questions about his work ethic and his yeah. his commitment to, to football. And I think it just kind of snowballed. And he was out of the league last year. So I'm, I'm shocked that he's back in the league. But I'm even more shocked that Pete Carroll's saying he's going to be an impact player for us. Now, in his defense, they need all the impact players they can get on their front line. <laughs> but – yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not buying this right now. I mean, I need to see something before I'm ready to anoint him an impact player. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'd say the the off the field stuff aside, as far as when he's actually on the field, he he doesn't have much. So I don't believe that he's going to be as impactful. I, I think that might be a Pete Carroll coach speak probably more than anything else. Right. But but realistically. <laughs> Who's he? Who they're they're switching to that, or they they say right now it's early OTAs that they're going to go to that bear front where they mm-hmm. they you know stack up front in the middle and then leave the guys on the edge. And who's that leave? Carlos Dunlap and Kerry Hyder Jr., which I like Kerry Hyder Jr. last year. Stepped in and played great in those uh, that opportunity for Bosa being out. But yep. I mean, well, they need Daryl Taylor, the rookie they got last year from Tennessee. They cr- need him to be healthy. Right. They have Rashawn Green. From mm-hmm. USC, who they drafted a couple years ago, but yeah, I'm with you. They they're gonna they need some pieces there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I like Kevnichi coming out of Ole Miss, and like you know, like you said, Daryl, he was a hype hyped up player coming in the draft. But we just, I mean, at this point, it's like I, I'm not. I gotta see it to believe it. You know, I mean, yeah. I think like Nate said, uh, you're probably a lot of coach speak here. Um, trying, you know. And I admit I missed on him coming out because I really did. I thought he was going to be the next big thing. I did too. And one of my home leagues, defense scores huge. I mean, major points. I mean, you got, you know, a player like Darius Leonard scoring uh, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Rodgers numbers, and you've got defensive tackles that are just in the top 15 too. So I just thought he was going to be the next big thing. And even after his rookie year, I held him another year because I just thought, you know, maybe as a rookie, it just he needed that learning curve or whatever, and it just never panned out. So, so are you all picking him up as, you know, we're a fantasy show here? Yeah, 
Are y'all going to pick him up as a like a flyer? If you have a, you know, if you've got your team pretty set, are you wasting a flyer pick on him? Are you waiting to see if he even makes the team? Or yeah, I'm going to pass yeah. for yeah, now. I think I yeah. I can't see a situation. If I do, uh, congratulations to the other 11 people in my league. Cause my <laughs> <team is probably. laughs> awesome. um, so the next couple, Minnesota's been busy here. Um, almost back to back. You know, they, they signed Sheldon Richardson to a one year, three, $3.6 million deal. If I can talk, um, this is a return for Richardson to the Purple People Eaters. You know, he played for them, what was it, 2018, played all 16 games, 49 tackles, six TFLs, four and a half sacks. That was maybe one of his better years. Uh, you know, he, I think he went to Seattle, Kyle, help me, after that. And um, then he went to Cleveland. He, he moved he was around. With the, he was with uh, the Jets. Jets, Minnesota, uh, Seattle, and then Cleveland, I think. Yep, he was with Cleveland last year and the year before. He was with the Jets. He started his career with the Jets. Then he went to Seattle for a year, then Minnesota. Then he finished with Cleveland. Cheap deal, $3.6 That's not a bank-breaking move. He played well last year. Yeah, well, he's played well about every year, really, after he left the Jets, pretty much, you know. Um, He had that that huge uh, first year for the Jets. Yeah, he did. He did. Well, Um, first couple years, actually. I'm kind of surprised Cleveland let him walk away, though. Yeah. I mean, at 3.6, you can't tell me they didn't have 3.6 somewhere to to re-sign him and keep him there. And I thought he was a good mat or a good fit alongside of Miles Garrett, which right. leads yeah, me to my next point. I think Minnesota getting him back is huge for this next piece. And, and Yunus can talk about both of these, so I want to tie them together. But I think, you know, they're getting Daniil Hunter back, who sat out with that neck surgery thing. He restructured his contract. He gets $5.6 million up front and another $18 million roster bonus five days into the 2022 season. So kind of tying these together, I think this is huge for Richardson coming back to somewhere where he's had success, but I really think this is huge for Daniil Hunter getting that big physical presence on the inside because Minnesota's always had that Linval Joseph, Sheldon Richardson um, – uh, help me, Kyle. The other, the other veteran defensive tackle they had forever. Um, oh, I'm horrible gosh. with names tonight. I can't believe it. Oh, you're, you're you're stumping me. I know, but they had another one. And as soon as you say it, I'll know it. But I think having that interior <laughs> defensive lineman, I think that's huge. Just you know, you're saying, well, he only had four sacks, four and a half sacks. It's not just the sack totals; it's the the pressure you could put on your ability to collapse the pocket. When you have that stuff, look at Indomitian Zoo. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody says, well, he he's, he's a one-year wonder. He had 10 sacks his first year, and he's not even been close to that since. True. But you ask Tom Brady if he wants him on his team. Right. He's just an right. impact player because he's eating up blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's collapsing the pocket. Maybe he don't get the numbers, but somebody on his team is. So mm-hmm. I kind of see Richardson as that same type of veteran thing. Um, what do you guys think? Owen Richardson and Hunter, and I think that's great for Hunter too. The one thing about Hunter, if he has a breakout year, they have to give him 
five days after the season rolls over, they have to give him, what did I just say, um, $18 million roster bonus. So mm. if he has a huge season, they're going to have a decision to make with him next year. Mm-hmm. So I'll shut up now. Y'all, y'all go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I think the what I take from all this is on the Deno Hunter side is that if they're willing to pony up that type of cash, that tells me that the neck injury is uh, is past. Exactly. And, and that was my concern because, you know, I, I, I have a few shares of, of Hunter and got him relatively cheap last year after the injury. I thought even in – you know, and I, I have a background, unfortunately, in uh, in study of the spinal, like the whole spinal oh, look canal. At you. And, yeah, look I know, Doctor Nate. Look at uh, you. Far from that, but I can tell you that <laughs> if I'm investing in the three of us, and one of us has a spinal fusion and the other two don't, guess who I'm cutting from the opportunistic side is the person that has a, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's who I don't want to invest in. But if they're telling me that he's uh he's good to go and they're banking on it, then I, I feel a little bit more optimistic. And, and like you said, anytime you can add a presence like Sheldon Richardson, opposing offensive lines have to be able to pay more attention. And, you know, the more one-on-ones, the better. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I like the signing for Minnesota that, I mean, so now up front they got, they added Sheldon Richardson, they have Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce. Um, so that, I mean, that's some big dudes that can, uh, can really mess some stuff up up front. Um, I I want to I want to see a healthy Daniel Hunter. Um, he's he's one of my favorite IDP players. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's fantastic. I mean, you look at his his numbers in 2018, 2019. He had uh, 70 tackles. I think what 72 in 2018, 70 in in uh, 2019, which is great for defensive ends. I mean, it's crazy. And then he had 14 and a half sacks each year. I mean, the production's just fantastic those two years. So. Yeah. Um, that defense really missed him last year. So um, neck injuries are, like you said, Nate, they're uh, they're tricky and they're you know it's tough to recover. So I hope I hope um, I hope he comes back healthy and back to form because man, he's he's fun to watch and he's one of the better you know edge rushing IDPs out there. He's just super productive. And um, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is you know he's in the Packers division, so he's gonna be wreaking havoc on Jordan on the Love. team. That's right. Yeah. All right, oh, let's I derail this podcast right now. Uh, and kudos to all you owners, me, Nate, Kyle, those of you that have um, the Neil Hunter on your team for not just giving him away because ever since he got hurt, I have been lowballed by other managers. Oh man, he's hurt. Neck injuries are so serious, and they are. Don't get me wrong, they are. Right. But for sure, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, no. Then I know why do you can... want them? That's what I tell him. Exactly. Like, why do you want them? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> take them off your hands. Help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me help you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, you know how you're going to help me if you shut the. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, kudos to everybody that held on to him because uh, it, it's like piranhas, you know, throwing a, a bludgeon calf in the water. Here the piranhas and sharks come when when a player gets injured. Mm-hmm. But, so kudos for hanging on if you did. Um, Miami, they signed Jerome Baker to a three-year, $39 million extension. Um, don't know what I was thinking, but I thought he was older than this. He's only age 24. Mm-hmm. 
He's going into his fourth year, and the he had 100-plus tackles for the second consecutive season. For some reason, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking he was closer to the 26-27 range. Um, I really like that for Miami. It makes sense. Uh, it's a pretty good deal, $13 million a year. I don't know what the guarantees or anything was, but, you know, if you average it out, that's $13 million a year. And for a linebacker that's – I would put him in that LB2 range. If you're getting 100-plus tackles a year, I think he had seven sacks last year, if I'm not mistaken. So that's probably LB2 numbers easily right there. At $13 million a year, I think it's a no-brainer. And especially, I think Miami is building something special defensively. Now, I don't know about offense. You know, I'm, I'm Drew's still coming out on some of their – their options with two in that, you know, depending mm -hmm. on who you ask. But defensively, I love what Brian Flores is doing down there. And I got a Colbert calling my name here. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There yeah. it is. I'll be honest. I was uh, last year, there was times, and Kyle, maybe you actually put something out there about Jerome Baker. And maybe you and I might have even had a conversation that when. Uh, Elandon Roberts for I don't remember which weeks it was. I think weeks like five, six, and seven. Uh, he was jumping in and taking a lot yep. of the snaps, and and then I was talking with the Miami guys who said, "Oh, you know, Elandon Roberts is watch out. He's this big, hard hitting uh, linebacker. He might be able to take the the job from him." And then I recommended uh, Roberts as a pickup, and he got like three tackles and and didn't do <laughs> shit. And then, then Jerome Baker steps right back in and gets 13 tackles uh, yeah. the following week. So I did I, the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Misery loves company. Yes, <laughs> but don't you think Miami and more in particular, Brian Flores, he's almost done this the perfect way. Mm -hmm. He goes to Miami, takes over. And what does he instantly do? He went and got players he knew, free agency. Kyle Van Noy, Alandon Roberts, you know, New England guys. He went and got players he knew that would run his system, that would understand what he's trying to preach. Now, are they the best players? Maybe not. Are they a little older? Certainly. But he needed them for two things. One, he needed to come in. He needed them to be that veteran and establish that leadership and show the young guys the way. Yeah. And he only need them for a couple of years, you know, then if they wanted to leave, then fine. But at least they could come in and set the stage for these young guys and guys like Jerome Baker, who they're playing alongside of now. I just love what he's doing down there on that defense. And, and if the offense can catch up with that defense, they could be scary. Yeah. And yeah, Flores, He's just doing a fantastic job in Miami. And um, this this signing, you know, we weren't really sure with them getting Bernardrick McKinney now, like which Miami linebacker do you want? Like Nate said with Landon Roberts last year, stepped in a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, Baker's snaps to start the year, he was right in that 90% range, which is what you want to see. And then that, like, you know, we were talking, in the middle of the season, they kind of dipped down a little bit for whatever reason. And But, um, you know, he finished – you know, he finished uh, playing every down at the end of the year, which is what you want to see. And then, more importantly, they paid him well. So, yeah. you know, it, this is exactly what you want to see is they, they paid him well. So, you know, he's a big part of what they want to do, and it tells you what you need to know that, you know, he's going to be on the field. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I, I like this for Baker. Um, he's going to be on the field and definitely like him. If, if Definitely happy if he's my LB2 or 3 for sure. sure. Um, going to be solid for you. And follow the money, man. They, they, paid him to, they paid him to play. He'll be out there. Yep. Um, 15-year veteran corner, Jonathan Joseph, played um, – Basically, half of his career with Cincinnati, half of it with Houston. Uh, he ended up in Tennessee. I think he was somewhere else the first part of that year, too. Um, but he's decided to hang up his cleats and retire. Finishes his career with 787 tackles, 670 solos, 32 interceptions, 200 pass wow. breakups, even eight touchdowns, seven of them. Seven of them on interceptions, one of them on a fumble recovery, not, not a hall of famer in my opinion. Uh, but I could definitely see him being like a ring of honor player for Houston or Cincinnati. Um, 200 career pass breakups. Uh, I know that's a stat that wasn't tracked till here recently, but mm -hmm. that's a lot of damn breaking up passes. And I, one more stat, uh, the uh, 32 interceptions, I think he's got 600 and something return yards on those. So he's averaging, mm -hmm. I think it was 20 yards, even a return pretty close. Wow. So, um, you know, you can tell, you know, if you've got seven career interception returns for touchdowns, you know, he can, he can do it, but uh, he's decided to hang it up. Um, a really, really good career when you can put up those kind of numbers and you basically did it with two teams because the mm -hmm. days of playing one team, I think are gone for the most mm -hmm. part, but, to be able to do it with two teams, I think that's a solid career for him. Yeah, and I feel like he kind of just slid right under that elite level and, and never really got the praise that he deserved. Because when you talk about those numbers, if you didn't say the name attached to it, I'd say that's staggering. That's that's really, yeah. really, really dominant mm -hmm. numbers. And I probably wouldn't have put Jonathan Joseph's name attached to No, I wouldn't have either. But I agree, yeah. He, he's – I mean, still, there's – I don't think anybody will ever say that he – I don't know if – would you guys have ever equated him to a, a shutdown corner, or was he always just kind of the pesky corner? I would put him as a pesky corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yep. for me, I, I just don't well, – I we'll guess he it. had moments where he was shutdown quality. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like for long stretches or periods. Um, I'm trying to look here. I guess his best season, um, maybe his best season was um, 2009. Mm -hmm. yep. 70 tackles, 59 solos, uh, six interceptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I mean, he's ha he had some good seasons in Houston mm -hmm. as far as um, maybe uh, 2014, 75 tackles, 70 solos. So almost every tackle was a solo. Mm -hmm. um, two interceptions, one for a touchdown, 22 pass deflections, which was his career Damn. high. Um, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. So that may have been his best year. So he's had two – he's had some good years, but I th those were clearly – his two best years, um, and coincidentally, his only two seasons of 70-plus tackles. 
75 in 2014, 70 in 2009 was Cincinnati. So mm -hmm. that was his first. Uh, I, I think you said it right. He's a pesky coin with. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, nobody else was on the team either. I'm looking at the the roster, and it's like, I mean, right. know, linebacker Ray Maluga, whoop de doo. I mean, they had yeah. no other corners. <laughs> uh, you know, Robert Gathers <laughs> on the end, but nothing stood out. So I mean, he was the the only person um, in that secondary, and I'm probably uh, that's probably unfair. I'm sure Leon Hall uh, fans and truthers will tell me I'm stupid, but come on. <laughs> Jonathan Joseph was a solid starting number one corner for you. Was he a lockdown corner? I don't think so. But he could hold his own, um, especially if you put some pieces around him at safety and linebacker stuff. You know, when you're getting – and I think a, some proof of that is the year that he had 75 tackles, 70 solos. Mm -hmm. You know, you, that tells me he's getting the job done, that somebody's not coming to have to – some nobody's not coming over having to help him make that. He's making those stops, you know. Um, now, I would have liked to seen him do it more than one year, you know, but I think he was a really good corner, deserving yeah. of a ring of honor with those teams. So, yeah, he had a hell of a career. I mean, really. Now, I will say this his last year with Tennessee and whoever it was before that, he was, oof, <laughs> he was horrible, man. It was horrible watching him run out there. <clears throat> Don't you laugh, Nate. I'm laughing. Sorry. <laughs> oh, anyway, your, your misery brings me joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, I hate both of y'all. Perfect. <laughs> so the Broncos are expecting Bradley Chubb to be ready for training camp after having both the uh, or half after having bone spurs removed from his ankle in May. Um, that's got to be huge for that defense. It looks like Von Miller's. Troubles were behind him too. Mm -hmm. um, I think they need each other mm -hmm. to be effective. So that can only help that defense. Now, if they could only get um, Kyle's number one quarterback in his heart over there, you know, they, they mm -hmm. might uh, they might go somewhere. Get the hell out of here with that! <laughs> <laughs> this is an IDP show, Dale. Shut up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just mean. Just mean. Oh. <laughs> Dolphins corner Xavier Howard skipped the team's three day mini camp and is holding out over contract demands. Um, that If he sits out or holds out, that's going to be a big loss for them because he was huge for them last year. Mm -hmm. He just sees Jerome Baker get paid and then he sits <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. And Xavier Howard. He's like, where's my money? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't we tell you? Corners don't get paid in this league. <laughs> I mean, he had a hell of a year last year. He did. Well, eight, eight or nine. Good. Ten, he had 10 picks. And, and, oh, 10 uh, picks. Yeah, he did. 20, 20 pass, uh, pass breakups. Wow. So, I mean, he had a hell of a year. But, like, I was re – I didn't look – I read a ton into the contract stuff. But, you know, he they just extended him. So, he doesn't really have a ton of leverage, I don't believe. Right. But, so, yeah, that's kind of makes the situation really interesting on how it plays out. I, I don't know, you know. They, that defense needs them. So, mm -hmm. whatever. Which kind of brings me to another point that I didn't have on the sheet. Um, New England's corner, Stefan Gilmore, is is more or less holding out too. So, 
Yeah. I kind of see him holding out more because Howard's more of a one-year type player so far. Yeah. You're talking about a former defensive player of the year in Gilmore on a team that desperately needs him. I know they have J.C. Jackson who had a hell of a year last year. Yeah. But they need Gilmore. And I think that's reason one one of the reasons that J.C. Jackson had such a good year is because you've got Gilmore on the other side. I mean, you're avoiding him. Now, I think Gilmore is a shutdown type corner. Maybe oh, yeah. not elite, but I think he is a shutdown corner, which opens up everything else for the other guys. So, uh, interesting that uh, we have a couple of top corners here uh, possibly holding out. Mm-hmm. And they can come to KC if they want. I'll take them. No, yeah. no, y'all, y'all got enough good corners out there. <laughs> you, got, you guys are good enough. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, that luxurious Sneed. I know, I know. He's going, he's, oh, yeah. He's going to be nice the dude. He's the dude. He's going to be running that defense for long. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the dude. Absolutely. I'm telling you. I don't like it at all, but he's the dude. <laughs> oh, well. um, and our last news and note, Calais Campbell said he is considering the idea of retiring after the 2021 season. Don't have his numbers in front of me, um, which is, is okay. Top of your head. Hall of Famer or no? Golly. I, if I'm not that convicted, I'm going to say no. I feel like See, you have to have conviction. To the, the, the fact that we all three paused right there <laughs> kind of told me what I needed to know. But I think he's also, close, you know, but I don't think he gets in. We'll pull up his uh, career numbers, and yeah, then please do. after we're done, and we'll all go, oh. Oh man, man. Oh, I'm sure his numbers are good, but yeah, like uh, 92 career sacks seems pretty solid. Three career interceptions from you know, (laughs) interior lineman. Um, 724 total tackles. Granted, and sorry, not the best statistician here. No, you're fine. Definitely, you guys. uh, And that, wow. He has uh, 54 pass defenses. That's pretty good. 14 force fumbles. I mean, really? Now, granted, let's not try to build a case here, but 11 fumble recoveries, three touchdown fumble recovery touchdowns. Uh, Did I say 14 force fumbles? Yeah. I think so. I mean. So you said 92 and a half sacks, I think it was? 92 sacks. Yep. 92 sacks. So he's eight away from 100. Yep. Mm -hmm. If he gets 100, does that make a difference? Which means he has to have eight sacks this year if he retires. If he hits that triple digit, does that change your opinion? of Because he does have a Super Bowl ring, right? Mm-hmm. No. It, he's been really No, no he's been, he, he came after that, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. That is right. You know, it's like one of the old saying, like, you know, did he have a dominant enough stretch to um, – he's been – He's he's been awesome his career. I mean, see the thing is, he played with some bad Jacksonville teams. Yeah, and he had some big he had some big years on them Jacksonville teams. He did, but they were so bad that if he had some help, he would have had even better numbers. Because he was good in Arizona before that, but he had some those two years he spent in Jacksonville where he had some or three years. Sorry, those first two were his biggest years. But yeah, that was just not nothing. Yeah, because they paid him huge, if I remember correctly, coming out of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets to a hundred, that'd put him thirty fifth, tied for thirty fifth all time in second. Oh wow! His top thirty five is that 
the well, I mean, there's there a th- mm. threshold. I mean, there's obviously more to it than just that because right. JJ Watt well, has 101 career. Von Miller. Well, I'm just thinking as you know, you're a baseball guy, so you'll appreciate this. Num as far as numbers, there's quote unquote, I call them trigger stats. Sure. Three thousand Ks. 500 home runs, which some of those are not the numbers they used to be, but, you know, um, 500 steals or uh, 500 doubles or, you know. So that's kind of why I asked if he gets to that 100 sacks, does that change? I know that's only eight sacks, but if he retires, and that's a pretty good season if he gets eight sacks, considering where he's been here lately. That's Mm -hmm. been a pretty good season, a bounce-back season for him. Is that a trigger number that he hits? And you mentioned some of the other numbers. What was it, 54 pass deflections? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know That's how. pretty good I never for a defensive lineman, yeah. But, you know, the question then, I think one of the conversations people have is the compiler versus the elite, you know, narrow scope of a career. He's, you know, 13 years of playing will – contribute but there's a case to be made that people can get into the hall of fame because they sustained 13 years of of consistent high-end play Um, for me he's borderline on both he's played long enough to compile good numbers but his numbers are just below the threshold for me i think yeah i'm just gonna go with the fact that i think if we had 20 of our peers right now collectively. And that question was asked. I don't think we'd have a consensus of people that would say yes, definitively. I, I feel like that should be the kind of the barometer. And yeah. I, and I like think it would, I think to, it would be very low of the ones that would say yes. Yeah, me too. I, I well, mean, I hate to say that and be, you know, negative, but I just kind of think that's, if that's the case, I, I, you know, I just, I'm with you. I think he's, He's kind of with Joseph. He's he's a really good player that's played a good long time, but he's not Hall of Fame material, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does it for our news and notes. We've got to pay a few bills here. As always, we want to thank uh, MyFantasyLeague.com because they host the, uh, uh, the IDP Invitational Force that we put on for IDP guys, the big tournament. Um, they host our listener leagues. Uh, for those of you that are in that, they do a fantastic job. You know, anytime I've had issues, I reach out to them. They're quick. You know, they're like, hey, this is what you need to do, or we'll get this fixed for you. Uh, as many of you all know, the legend Gary Davenport does the position changes and stuff for them. Do not envy him at all on that. Mm. But he does a fine job on that. And, you know, they've always supported us on that. Um and for those of you that's playing IDP Debbie, I'm trying. I am pushing, pushing, pushing to get them to do this so we can uh, get away from uh, some of these other leagues that uh, that do the college. But they're thinking about it, so we'll see down the road what happens with that. Um, another sponsor is Action 24-7 uh, Gambling. They're a locally owned uh, gambling site in Tennesseans, made for Tennesseans by Tennesseans. Um, they got – Deals going on every week, every day of the week. Um, the College World Series is coming up. My Vols are in it. Vandy's in it. Two Tennessee teams, you know. Hopefully uh, the Vols uh, beat out those Vandy boys at the end or whatever. But uh, they've got lines for all the games. There's some updated futures for you to push, you know, 
I've already jumped on Tennessee winning the World Series. Got some good odds there. Um, speaking of baseball, if you're in Tennessee, they're now betting Triple A. So, uh, you know, oh, if nice. you're a fan of the Sounds or the Redbirds, you can go lay some bucks down on them, as well as the Major League Baseball with everything that's going on there. Um, they've got the NHL overtime insurance for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, play some money line bet, and we'll give you 50% refund if you lose in overtime. Um, they've got golf insurance, happy hour every Thursday and Friday from 12 to 1, and Saturday and Sunday from 3 to 4. There's no juice on all their MLB games. Um, they've got NBA playoff insurance. Um, bet the spread on in, bet the spread on any NBA playoff game. If your team wins but doesn't cover, they'll give you 50% of your bet back. Um, they've got a steeplechase uh, thing going on for you horse racers. Uh, horse racers. Uh, they're proud to be a sponsor of the 2021 Icarus Steeplechase on June 26th. So go check that out. And then when you're making your deposit, remember, use the promo code HOLLYWOOD100, and they'll match your deposit up to 200 So if you put in 200 guess what? They're going to give you 200 So that's 400 bucks you can use to bet with. I use the site. It's easy. It's nice and clean. There's not a lot of riffraff, not a lot of ads that you see on some of the others. You go in, place your bets, bing, bang, boom, and – I love it. It's just easy to use. Um, follow me on Twitter. Follow them on Twitter because we're always posting, uh, you know, special events where they're at locally. You can go see them, meet and greet around Nashville a lot. And then they're posting, um, you know, any of their special offers. So uh, be sure to check them out. And they've been a big supporter of IDP Nation and Debbie IDP Ground. And we thank them for that. And, you know, anytime that you, uh, you help our sponsors. You're helping us, you know, with our recording cost and equipment stuff. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, that's enough of the salesman stuff. Um, <laughs> Good job, buddy. Got to get it in there. Got to get it in there. Hell of um, a job. Well, thank you, Kyle. I might not fire you yet. <laughs> well, flattery, flattery gets you everywhere. They say. Right? Let's see. <laughs> I'm getting closer. Um, yeah, I'm getting closer. <laughs> All right, so the main event. Um, I know we've talked about rookies a lot, which it's okay. The NFL season's kind of dead. You know, last week we had Chris Robin on, did some uh, DFS and sportsbook stuff. So I thought we could return to rookies again because, uh, you know, everybody's got different opinions. Uh, rookie drafts are going wide open right now. Um, mock drafts are going, so much going on. So I thought we would talk some rookies and this is something that we've already kind of talked about. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Nate, you kind of told me this a few weeks ago when we were on. Actually, I think it was with uh, with Dougie. Mm-hmm. Um, you said your uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year was Nick Bolton. Is that a homer pick, or were you just Ooh. trying to go away from the norm there? So. It initially was honestly to go away from the norm because everybody was taking yeah. David Collins and Micah Parsons and and I, I thought you know what if there's a if there's a way and a route to defensive rookie of the year it's going to be snaps and a, a lot of times you know what tackle volume and yep. if you have a person who potentially is a three down back potentially could jump into that Mike position and you have the guy who for the last two years has led the SEC in total stops both years, 
I'm thinking that's a pedigree for a pretty good opportunity. Now, I believe there are probably better odds on favorites to win the rookie of the year. If I had to put a mortgage down on one person, am I that comfortable at Nick Bolton? I don't know. But I like the idea. Homer outside of me is that I watched the weakness in KC and it just rose to the surface in that mm. linebacker. And granted, I, I'm going to give Willie Gay Jr., uh, I'm going to give him a mulligan because I think right. last year's lack of OTAs yeah. and his ability to understand the playbook was uh, you know, a little slow. Now, there's a lot of other rookies out there that picked up theirs, and they were in the same situation, so it's not like KC was just the only team that didn't have to face that. But they're comfortable with those two starting potentially on the inside right now. And, and, yeah. I, and I love what I keep hearing is that, you know, it's, it's OTAs. There's, it's all coach speak. Hell, Pete Carroll's already said, you know, like we just said, uh, <laughs> you know, let's not get too carried away. But I do like that. I mean, he, he was the second highest graded linebacker, you know, last year from pro football focus next to Micah Parsons. So, I mean, he's, he's doing everything right. He's in a good situation. And I think, uh, Mike Wollert, when we were all talking about that same thing, said yep. exactly right. Yep. He's a football player. And he I is. love a football player. And that will that will keep you on the field a lot more than splashy athleticism. Yep. Yeah. And I and I love that with Willie Gay. And I'm with you. Don't give up on Willie Gay. Because I think and I could be wrong because I'm I'm not in their coaching room or anything. Um I almost thought that they brought in Willie Gay to play a spot that he wasn't a fit for at inside. Yeah. Um, Now, I know they kind of went away from him towards the season with some veteran guys, but those veteran guys suck that they had. Um, No need to beat that horse. But bringing in Bolton, I think, is awesome. And I think it helps Gay because it allows Gay to play that outside sort of so to speak guy mm-hmm. where he can use his range his speed because that's what he's known for is that range that speed bolton is your downhill thumper in the middle not that he can't cover anything like that don't get me wrong because i've seen plenty of him in the sec i was glad to see him go to the nfl um <laughs> but yeah. mike waller said it he's a football player yeah. it's all up here well yeah. i ain't gonna say all up here but he's got it all up here and it can match what he does athletically. And anytime that you've got a player like that, that's a winner. Um, I was surprised that y'all got him where you did. I, I thought yeah. that was great freaking value for you. Filled a huge mm-hmm. freaking need. Uh, and playing behind that defensive line, now that you got Jerron Reed, right. uh, Chris Jones and those guys, Frank Clark, uh, and your back end is good with – Daniel Sorensen and Tyron Matthew and, you know, Thornhill, if you want to bring him in there. Yeah, he, had, he had moments last year. Yeah, obviously. I think what you're doing defensively, you've surrounded these two guys with a full circle almost of veterans, you know, because LeJarrius Sneed, I know he's a year two guy, but damn, look what he did year one, you know? Right. But my point being, you've surrounded that weak spot with veterans and top elite players that's going to allow – Bolton and Gay to just kind of ease up, relax, play their game, and I think it's going to pay off huge for y'all. I really do. I, I like the pick of Bolton. Uh, probably not my favorite for rookie of the year. Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't win it. 
just because of the volume and what he can do. Yeah, and I mean, football or, you know, rookie of the year and fantasy aside, real football, they need him. I mean, let's be honest, all roads through the AFC are going to be, I mean, there's a few pass-heavy teams, but we know there's a lot of uh, ground with just the changes. Like, so Denver now with Javante Williams is going to be a – Probably going to have to lean a little bit more on the run because it's Drew Locke. I'm sorry. Nick Bolton's old teammate. His, yeah, it is what it is. But obviously in Tennessee, we have to, have to slow down Derrick Henry, which shouldn't be too tough. You have to slow down the the, the Josh Jacobs uh, slash everybody else in, in Oakland or Las Vegas. Sorry, that whole situation. But uh, enough about Nick Bolton in Kansas City. I want to hear Kyle yeah. talk. That's why yeah, I came uh, here. Well, kind of well, uh, what no, I, me and Kyle did it. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. I say I could talk about Nick Bolton all night, man. I love Nick Bolton, and you know, I just want to say, like that, like you even said, Nate, like it's probably not likely, right, that he wins it. But I like the pick, like it's it's against the norm, it's something different, and it's it could happen. If, if there's no reason, I mean, it, there's a chance it happens. Um, I love the pick for Kansas City. You guys got a great player in Nick Bolton, the guy who can hold it down in the middle at the mic, like you said. Um, Willie Gay coming out of Mississippi State, man. He yeah, athletically he blew up the the combine. He tested off the charts. Um, you know, on tape there are some some real real big flashes. I mean, he he hits hard. He can run and get it. He can close in a hurry. But you know, he just didn't have a ton of experience. So he was going to take. You need time to develop anyway. Yeah. So you know, his football's his best football's yet to come. So pairing Bolton and Willie Gay together, I think, is a really nice duo, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. And um, you know, Willie Gay can cover. Yeah. I think there's some upside. I think he's the yep. best coverage linebacker on your team last year. This bags wouldn't play him. Probably because yep. he didn't have a good understanding of your system. And he was he was just scheming the shit out of what he had to do each week with rotating right. those linebackers and bringing up Sorensen and making it work for you guys. And you know, he did a good job. But now he's actually got some linebackers that can that can really make a difference with that defense. And um yeah, I I love I'm a huge Nick Bolton fan right away when I watch his tape. I mean, you just see a dude that plays with some fire and intensity. And like you said, Mike Waller, he's a football player, like like, like Mike Waller said. You see it right away. The dude has instincts. You know, he plays his ass off. Um, and athletically, sure, he's not, like, blowing the, blowing it up, right? But, I mean, he's a 4'6". It's plenty. I mean, he's plenty athletic. Yeah, and, some of the concern uh, was his inst- height because he's a little bit shorter than what you want for a linebacker. Well, yeah, to I me, mean, I don't give a shit about you know, unless you're a midget, I don't care. Right, but, he's fine. And well, I mean, the, he he played it at the, the SEC level. Why can't he do it in the NFL? You know, exactly. Right. He's fine. He's fine. And the, and the instincts are huge for me, man, because he'll be in the right place at the right time when he needs to be there. You know, yeah. you can be you can be the fastest player in the field, but if you if you can't fill you know make the read, fill your gap, know your responsibility, and overrun the play, you know, it's not, it's not exactly. Good. And no. if the player comps that I've seen so far are Denzel Perryman and Levante David, if that's who he turns into being, um, I'd be I'd be ecstatic to have him fall in the mold of either one of those two. And you know, I look at that defense, that middle, and I think it was the farm. You know, he's kind of the rooster, and then you got some free range chickens and uh, <laughs> and Willie Gay running around doing it. It's, oh man, it's awesome. the farm. You know, so that it, is great. Should be fun. Good stuff. So Kyle, looking back uh, on one of our shows, he picked Jalen Phillips, mm, the uh, defensive end uh, for the Dolphins, as his uh, choice for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose Xavier Collins for mm-hmm. Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. I still think 
Micah Parsons is still the best defensive player in this draft. I'm just curious to what they're going to do with him, how they're going to use him. Um, Did you see by chance that they were using him as their designated pass rusher in camp? I have seen, I have seen yeah. that because if you so. remember, hit if you go back in, in his uh, experience or history. Former defensive end. Former yeah. defensive end coming out of high school, and yeah. they switched him to outside linebacker at Penn State and then eventually inside. So – he knows how to rush the passer, so yeah. that's kind of what I was alluding to. I don't know. I know they have Randy Gregory, which is whatever, but is Parsons good enough that they can put him up on the line opposite of Demarcus Lawrence? Because uh, you still have LVE. You still have Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. then my other thought process is, well, Sean Lee's gone. Do you kick him – back to linebacker because LVE has these injury concerns. Smith may not be there much longer as well. Mm-hmm. Do you kick him back as that third linebacker and let him learn in case one of them are out? Uh, I, I'm just not sure what they're going to do with him. Talent-wise, I think he's the best player in this draft. He's probably – I want to say he's trending, trajectory at an elite level. I don't want to say Hall of Fame level, but an elite level. Um I just want to see that. But for me, I picked Zayvon Collins because I think his role is going to be pretty defined in Arizona. Yeah. No, I, I, I gotta say, I, my, if I had to take another, and I'm not going to say outside the box of the, cause I think anything outside of Micah Parsons is, is outside. Uh, if you look at the bets, you know, everybody, right. my favorite right. person, I love Jalen Phillips. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I mean, you have, you know, six, five, two sixty. Uh, 10 foot, five inch broad jump. The guy's athletically off the chart. Yeah. He was the number one recruit in, in, in the country yeah. in 2017. Mm-hmm. And he just had that, you know, he had to have that fire kick back in him. And, and keep in mind, he was the number one pass rusher draft taken in the draft. And, yeah. and that, if, if he can throw together double digit sacks on that team, I think that's the easiest course to winning defensive rookie. Because no, no offense, it is a popularity contest too, and sometimes and sacks yeah. are much yeah. more sexy than, yeah. than yeah. tackles. Yeah, no, it's a good point. That's uh, shout out to our buddy Trip, and that, when he had made his pick of J.C. Horn, he had brought up the fact that that's what you know that's what they lean towards when they yep. then they choose those awards. Like Trip said, you know, J.C. Horn's going to be out there for Carolina, getting manned up, making plays, and if he has a, a real good rookie year he's going to be up there and you know like nate said with the sacks too you know that's 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 kind of what they look for and and uh that's uh it's it's going to be fun to watch to see these guys and, and, you know and i like you know the whole parsons thing it's very be very uh interesting to see as the chatter goes through this off season when when training camp hits and how dallas is using them because he's going to be used all over right you yep. know and um the dude's going to be on the field and He's going to play linebacker. They might give him some pass rush snaps, you know, when LVE and Jalen Smith are on the field playing linebacker. Maybe he rushes a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's – And it's I think be- while that's good for him, I think that's going to kind of hurt him rookie of the year <laughs> voting because he's not going to have that quote-unquote defined position. He's going to be at defensive end. He's going to be at outside linebacker. He's going to play some inside. So I think kind of moving him around is going to be – is going to hurt him a little bit now as far as awards and fantasy mm-hmm. NFL wise, that's great for the Cowboys, you know, cause he can be a chess piece for him. Um, it's just interesting. Uh, this rookie of the year question has been 
so interesting because everybody's got a different opinion. Everybody. I love, I love. That's why I love that Nick Bolton pick. Yeah, I mean, I, do I think too. it's awesome. And I, I said it. it. I, I don't. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it just because mm-hmm. of the role he's going to be playing, the fit yeah. he has with that defense. And I've seen him what he did in the SEC, so I know yeah. that's going to translate to the NFL. Uh, I know how that's going to translate to what Kansas City's going to want to do defensively. Uh, so yeah, you know, this time next year, if you're telling me he's the winner of the defensive rookie of the year, I'm not going to be surprised at all. I really ain't. Yeah. Um, so kind of sticking with that, um, a lot of y'all may know if you're Patreons, you you have access to this. I've been keeping live ADP, IDP rookie data. So I'm going to give you four numbers, average draft positions. We're probably looking at, uh, 30 plus drafts already. Actual drafts, not mocks. Okay. Um, four linebackers. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. Five linebackers. We have five linebackers. 14.9, Care to take a guess on... Who's who? You want to go first, Kyle? You want me to go first? Go, go ahead. I'm trying to remember what the numbers were. <laughs> so, I can repeat them. You just tell me what you need to know. I go ahead, Nate. My, my order would be – oh, man, I don't know which. So I'm going to go Parsons, Zayvon Collins, Jamin Davis. Oh, man. Who would four be? Oh, man. Um What are they considering? I'd say, okay, Jalen Phillips. And then, shit, who would, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I'm drawing a blank right now who five might be. I want to say Nick Bolton, but I don't think he's going that high. I think he's dropping. Okay. Uh, Kyle, okay. do you care to bet? And I'll tell you. Okay. Oh, it's 12 was the first one. Uh, the first one was 14.9. 14.9. I'm going to go Parsons. Yep, both of you nailed that. Okay, what's next? Next is nineteen point three. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Jamie Davis. Kyle got it right. Ah, good job, Kyle. The next one is twenty three point eight. <sighs> That's shit. What was Davis? Nineteen point three. That's Collins. You're right. Okay, so I so so Nate got his flip flop there. Yep. Now here's the one. Here's the one I, I want to see if y'all can get. Twenty five five is the next one. JOK. Oh, look at you, yeah. Kyle! Wow, Dang, how did I not <laughs> even think of that? That makes four, perfect four, sense. Kyle. That's perfect sense. Wow. And okay. Wow, Kyle, I'm impressed. Thirty two point one is the fifth one. Don't screw that's, this that's, up, Kyle. That's you're you're that's batting Nick a thousand, Bolton. bro. Don't screw this up. That's Nick, that's Nick Bolton. Look at Kyle grand slamming this shit. Wow. Five for five. Nice. You get Nate, lucky. Why, I'm curious to why Nate thought at 32 1, 
was too early for Bolton. Because I forgot the numbers you told me. I quit paying. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. Well, you should ask. You should ask. <laughs> I, I was I was trying to think of linebackers and just trying well, to think of all the different. was kind of the wild card. Yeah, shouldn't have been. I I mean, I'm not saying that it was easy, but I'm saying I'm disappointed that I didn't think that it just didn't come. I would I like JOK. You care to venture? Who the next linebacker is? Number six. Let's see. Where would there be? Pete Werner, New Orleans. Kyle? That's what I was going to say. It's either To me, it's either Pete Werner or Baron Brownie, but I'm going to say Werner. Awesome job, guys. You all nailed it. It's hey. Pete hey, look at that. Awesome. And he's at, he's at 39-6. I like okay. Pete Werner. So do I. I do. So now, now I'm, now I'm going to test you. Who's next? Who's the next linebacker? And wow. I'll give you this. He's at 48.8. He's, he's been drafted an average of 48.8. So basically 49th pick. And he would be, what did we say? One, two, three, four, five, six. He would be your LB7 in right now in rookie drafts off the board. Hmm. Who's high up? Joe Tryon was pretty high draft. I just don't see a spot for him right now. That would be a more dynasty if they could make space after one of those two leaves. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, go ahead. I'll give you a hint. He's a riser. I, I, I think it's Ernest Jones. But – I want. I want to say Baron Browning, but it, I think it could be Ernest Jones. But I'm going to say. I'm going to say Browning. You had it right the first time. It was Ernest. I. Jones. I, I had. I, was it exactly? Yeah. I, I. I was pretty sure it was Ernest Jones, just because he actually like, started out low in rookie drafts, yeah. and then within the last two or two and a half weeks, he's been shooting up draft boards like crazy. Yeah, I, I've seen that. He's as probably well. gained twenty draft spots in the last yeah. two weeks. You know who I want to see if he by. By full blown drafts, just what OTAs prove is, uh, and we were going to talk about, you know, maybe sleepers or guys who were getting the, is Hamsa Nazir Ladin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jets. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, all this talk right now with uh, Cashman being, you know, from injuries and this transition, I guess, from safety to linebackers going a lot smoother than what they had expected. Mm-hmm. And, I like. I've watched a little bit. I haven't watched enough to even have. He's a, a big one. safety, though. So he is a huge safety. Yeah, he's six three, two fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's yeah. much bigger than than what a safety needs to be. And you know, the one thing I read about him is that the obviously the ACL injury dropped his yep. draft stock. Oh, completely. Yes. And, yes. and so, but if you look at what he did, I mean, ninety one tackles, I think, in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. What do you have? One hundred and one. Yeah, ninety one yeah. and eighteen. One hundred one in twenty nineteen. Yep. And uh I mean the force fumbles interceptions, he he was he was everywhere. And, and I know that it's that's just grabbing the name and thinking, but everything I see, I mean, opportunity seems to potentially be there. And you know, it's new situation, yep. new linebacking court, and it wouldn't be bad to learn next to CJ Mosley, too. Exactly. Oh, yeah, who, yeah. Who they're probably gonna be moving on from within the next year or so, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love- I like that Nasser Ladin uh, call, and I I watched quite a bit of his tape because I wrote his profile um, yep. for for our uh, IDP guys rookie guide, and like that you know that was his his best best traits were him coming up and playing in the box, right? 
wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. great in deep coverage. He's a right. bigger safety. He came up and run support pretty well. Big um, hitter. Good tackler, packs a punch. Um, yeah, he, he he had some slot reps covering man, you know, man to man. So he could cover tight ends because he's tall and lanky and long. So he has that going for him. And like you said, Nate, it's, the transition's going well for him in Sali's system. So that's good to hear. And you know that that's his strongest suits, I believe, is is um, playing more of the linebacker role. So I like that call, man. And hey, safety's moving up, playing linebacker, getting tackles potentially has played out well over the past couple of years for some of these bigger safeties, hybrid yeah. roles. And I think that's what we're seeing in the new NFL a little bit more so. And, you know, hell, his freshman year, he, he played the, the one game that he really got a chance to play in was against Clemson. And he had 10 tackles in that game and he was everywhere. Nice. And nice. I mean, it was just a granted, you know, again, picking and choosing particular games, but when it comes down to it and you have to go up against Clemson and you can record 10 tackles, it's not a bad thing to have on your resume. Playing with the big boys. Right. You know? Yeah. I'd love to see it. And Nazarel Dean has been, he's, he's been gradually rising up the draft boards a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, not like Ernest Jones and a couple and a player or two I'll name later, but oh. there has been a trend <laughs> showing him upward tick of his draft stock getting earlier and earlier oh he's moving he's, up two rounds now that we said it on the show right miss oh of course of course <laughs> that's the class yes, we have right <laughs> we keep talking he'll be the 101 you know i love it <laughs> nate planted his flag and he's gonna rise exactly <laughs> acl out for the rest of the season <laughs> yeah yep, yep. but yeah i have seen you know his name popping up more and more and going just a little bit earlier especially since the position designation and I think that's because I think a lot of people said safety. You got Marcus May, you've got um, Ashton Davis mm-hmm. back there. So I think there was some pause. Okay, he's probably not going to be a starter or whatever. But you switch him to linebacker, that changes things. Oh yeah. So I think since since we've seen that position change, I've seen just a slight word uptick in his uh, draft st- or draft position right now. Oh, good stuff, guys, man. So, who's your biggest sleeper of the draft, rookie-wise? What rookie are you looking at saying, yep, not enough people are high on him. He's going to be the guy. Redraft or both? We'll do both. Um, uh, Hamza was my redraft. Kyle, who's your redraft? Um, read my redraft sleeper for rookies or dynasty. What, what do we do? Redraft, go ahead with a redraft. Oof. Um, I think a guy, I think Pete Warner could be a guy that makes an impact this year in redraft if you're taking yeah, him late. Because I, I actually uh read the other day that Zach Bond and him are going to be compete, they're going to move Zach Bond to weak side, yep. and, and, and he's going to compete with Warner there. And I do like Zach Bond as a player. I liked him at Wisconsin, um, but he's you know he was an edge defender there, and I don't necessarily think that he's cut out to play a weak side. I mean, I don't not obviously at practice. Maybe he's making strides. I don't know, um, but <laughs> right. you know, no idea. But more, he's more of a pass rushing linebacker. Um, you know, Pete Warner. Like I, I definitely uh, I liked Pete Warner when I first watched him, but I definitely underrated him. The more I watched, the more I was like, "Damn, this guy's just really good at everything," and he's got great size. 
and he's got a good motor too. Yeah, he never stops. He moves fluidly. He's not crazy, yeah. crazy athletic, but he's plenty athletic. The dude's, I mean, a good athlete, right? With good size, and he does everything well. And he could win the weak side spot um, in New Orleans next to Davis, and he could, uh, you know, be a guy this year that you use in your lineup and redraft. You take him late, see if he gets a roll, and um, it's going to be a longer season, so. Who knows, you know, how things shake out, like Nate said earlier in the show. Um, Dynasty, um, one of my biggest sleepers, and I'm taking on a lot of drafts. I end up I end up with him uh, in quite, quite a few of my rosters is uh, is Monty Rice from Tennessee. Um, you're going to have to wrap. Yeah, I, I like Monty Rice, the player. Um, I liked him at Georgia. I mean, like we were talking to other guys, he played in the tough SEC, right? That's doesn't get any tougher in college football in the SEC. Was an All-American at Georgia. His stats aren't like crazy, crazy, but he was really damn good there. Um, Tennessee drafted him in the third round. That's real solid draft capital, which is what you like to see. Um, I, I think Monty Rice is a well-rounded linebacker. Uh, he can play all three downs. Um, they're not that happy with Rashawn Evans. They declined his fifth-year option. Um, Jam Brown, I love Jam Brown, and I think they're, if he stays healthy, Daryl, you guys are going to keep him. Yep. Um, you know, because Jam Brown's fantastic guy. Guy's excellent coverage. He gets it done. It gets to run. But uh, I, you know, I think next year, you guys likely move on from Rashawn Evans and Monty Rice could be the guy next to Jam Brown. If Jam Brown doesn't stay healthy, maybe they don't bring him back too. You know, I, I think you guys will and you should if he if he if he stays healthy. But I think Monty Rice is a guy next year who could be looking at at a at a big role for your your Titans. And uh, I think he's got the game to be a, a solid. IDP linebacker for us. And you can get him way late. You just got to wait, you know, put him on your taxi squad, wait till next year. And, and Yeah, so kind of piggybacking off that, um, we talked about Warner. He's going 39-6 average. Um, Monty Rice is going 70.7. So basically he's picked 71 in rookie drafts, which yeah. is if he pans out, that's huge freaking value. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – I mean, who knows what the hell they're doing with Rashawn Evans. Now, quote, unquote here, they want to get him signed this year before the end of the season. You know, they didn't give him his fifth-year uh, fifth year option, but they want to get a deal done with him. So that tells me he better be playing his ass off this year. He better be doing something or he's gone. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if he'd have done anything that they were happy – I don't want to say happy with, but if he'd have lived up to what they expected, they would have given him that fifth-year option. Same thing with Corey Davis. If they if, – you know, with the injuries and stuff, if you're happy with a guy and you think he's still trending what to what you expect, you're giving him a rookie that fifth-year option because you're never going to get him at a cheaper rate. Um, so – this is a put up or shut up year for Rashawn Evans for sure. Yep. Uh, I kind of like that with Rice. Um, you know, they got Harold Landry and they got Bud Dupree. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown, they re signed him for one year. You know, I think I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have the elbow injury, he's not a Titan this year. Right. We talked about that before because you know? he was going to get a payday. Yeah, for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I gotta tell you, as far as like dynasty for me, I I don't, and I haven't gone as deep as others. 
So I, I can't sit here and tell you I have no, uh, well, you can't a, watch a great one like Rice. But at the same time, I'll tell you a person who I think is still dropping. And you tell me where he's going because okay. I haven't seen his name mentioned. It feels like he's kind of in a rotational piece right now. And I feel like he was I, – I felt like the Saints reached a little bit for Peyton Turner. But you want to talk about a make-or-break season. I think this is Cam Jordan and uh, Marcus Davenport, you know, prove it season for one of for one if not both of them in some capacity and it might be that opportunity that you know if if neither one or however this shakes out that turner could you know and i've seen so many people i've, I've read 20 different things 10 think that turner was overdrafted and just play you know this high motor but not as productive i've seen other 10 that say that there's still a little bit of you know raw talent there that can be exposed and that you know, given the opportunity, I don't know if New Orleans is the right place, but may, maybe so. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about them, just because I think that this year rotation, but you know, he didn't have the most production in the you know the AAC, so it's not like he had the top talent to go with. But I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to hear what you guys have to say about Peyton Turner. Okay, so you wanted me to tell you where he was being drafted. Correct. Number one. Do either of you want to take a shot? At where his average ADP is. Hmm. I'd say 64. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm just randomly yelling numbers. I honestly have no I'm going to say 74. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Come on, be like 70. 69. Both of you were wrong. Well, no shit, we're both wrong. He's we actually right. well. He's going. You know, if you would ask me that, I would have kind of put him in that same range, sixty yeah. to seventy, like you all did. He's actually going at fifty three point nine, fifty four. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. And he's been he's slowly been ticking up. He's been kind yeah. of holding steady, but there's been, you know, he kind of started out sixty, fifty nine, fifty eight. So he's slowly been creeping up. Yeah. Um, Zach Bond in town. I think that, you know, like we talked a minute ago, but are they happy with Marcus Davenport? You know, he's kind of been a flop. Uh, right. You know, Jordan is not getting any younger. They need to find that guy there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I was kind of late to the party on Turner. I really was. Um, but from what I've seen, he's, he fits the mold of what New Orleans needs and wants. Um, but I think if um, Marcus Davenport, I think it's his job to lose. And if he can't Correct. win it right out of the gate, then I think they're going to turn to the rookie Turner. I think they're going to groom him and get him ready. Let Davenport be that backup top guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he better he, he better pick it up because, I mean, the first-round yeah. pick. They this is the what first his round third pick or fourth pick. year. Right, and they invested a first round pick in a Peyton Turner, so that's you know, yep. That tells you all you need to know, right? Yeah, there. yeah. He's you know, and you know, I think um, the thing with Turner too is like coming out of high school. I believe he had an injury, and he got under recruited a little bit from, from yeah. what I read. Um, mm-hmm. That's why he ended up in Houston. But you know, it, I was like Daryl said, I was kind of a little late to the party on too. I, I liked Peyton Turner, and I didn't realize how much some had him how high they had him ranked amongst the edge defenders, you know, and he was really rising in cause he's, 
he checks all the boxes. He's he's a big dude. He's athletic. He's powerful. You see the flashes. Um, so like you know the the projections big if he hits to what you think, right? Because he's uh-huh. he's he's got the build and the in the mold of a defensive end in a, a four three defensive end that can really get it done. So, um, you know, I didn't realize how much steam he had picked up to go in the first round, but I know he picked up some. And um, I think, like you said, Nate, you, you saw. If you if you read twenty articles, ten of them were he was overdrafted, and ten of them were the opposite. Like they, um, they get it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's you know it's a big year for De- for Marcus Davenport. I don't know if it's ever going to happen for him. I did love him coming out of uh, Texas. Uh, was it San Antonio? Yeah. Um, you know he he dominated the you know the pre draft process and the and the Senior Bowl and stuff, and um, you know he. But he just hasn't put it together, and them drafting Peyton Turner tells you they're they're not sure if he will, <laughs> or um, Cameron Jordan too is getting up there. So. Right, you know. And at first, I thought I was like, okay, they're letting Hendrickson move on. They're not right. trying. Now, granted, I don't think it was that they didn't want Hendrickson. They yeah. don't have any money to sign anybody or keep <laughs> yes. anybody, so it's not like it's a matter of wanting Hendrickson. They're literally but- always. How are they, the cap? I just don't understand that. <laughs> I just don't get it. And I, I I understand when you have Breeze money tied up, but now what? Now yeah. what? I mean, I mean, I just don't get how they're so cap uh burdened. But yeah, yeah you know, you you lose Hendrickson and you know, obviously different show with Hendrickson in Cincinnati. I'm I'm intrigued with what his upside is there, if yeah, how that's gonna turn out. But yep. Yeah, I, I am. I'm. I will tell you when his name was called uh, for New Orleans. I was definitely on that. Uh, not who, but why type. Okay. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah, definitely, definitely get that. Yeah, like I said, he. I knew you know he was starting to pick up some steam. I didn't realize um, you know uh, first round was in the realm. I thought day two, um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. Definitely uh, tells you what they think of them. They're willing to invest that the day one pick. So, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome, awesome. So, let's go to most overvalued rookie. Which rookie do you think is being overrated? I don't want to say overrated, but being taken way higher than where they should, or fantasy managers are expecting too much out of them. Is there a player out there that's being way overvalued? And if you need a reference, I've got the the draft sheet. I can tell you where they're being taken. Mm. If you need that, need to know. Do you want to go first, Nate? Or yeah, you... no, no, Kyle, please go first, my friend. Okay. Um, I, I, the guy for me is uh, Gregory Russo out of Buffalo. Um, you know, his tape is just, even sure there's he's got the frame he's a big guy he's like six 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 seven he hasn't even filled out his frame yet but um you know it's just i'm not sure if he's gonna put it all together he didn't play this year and then he showed up and didn't test great which you would have thought he'd have been ready to go for that um he is versatile he can play on the outside he can kick him inside he's got a good so you're thinking he's a uh uh He's a one-year wonder, so to speak, because he had that huge year with Miami Hurricanes. Right. Been just, opted out. 
yeah, he's just, I oh, mean, I got a tough time. He's just, you know, he's stiff off the edge. Um, when he uses his length and, and really extends and gets into the offensive tackles and, and you know, yep. gets his mitts on him and throws him off and uses those long arms, he really, really does some nice work. Yeah, he, and is he, and he, he is. He is. And, you know, and um, he's got a good get off, but he's just stiff coming off the edge. But, you know, the thing is, he's, they can kick him in and he, he does some nice work inside. Um, but uh, I just, I think I think Carlos Basham's the better value of the two Buffalo uh, defensive linemen because he's going way later, and I think Basham's really good. And I'm just not sure. I'm not sure on Rousseau. I'm not sold. So so let me give you uh, who you want first: Basham or Rousseau? Give me Rousseau. Well, you, you give me his number. Okay. Right now, Rousseau is going one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Russo is being drafted as the eighth IDP off the board overall. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, He's going at an average of 36.9, so basically 37. Okay. And that's putting him four spots, well, almost five spots behind Nick Bolton. Uh, about two spots ahead of Richie Grant. That's where he's falling in rookie drafts. Okay. How about Basham? Basham, who I freaking love. Good player, man. I, I think so, too. Basham is going at an average of 53.4, so almost okay. 17 spots, 16, 17 spots later in the draft. Okay. Yeah, and you know, the other thing is in Buffalo, they like to rotate, too. Yeah, so, and they like to intertwine um, them, which is – yeah. See, I, I I like Russo. I think I like him better than Phillips. Um, That's how I take there. Concern all. with the one year yeah. production stuff, the big one year wonder stuff. It, and I've said this before, so bear with me, listeners. Nate, this may be new to Nate, but I fucking love what Sean McDermott is doing in Buffalo. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is eerily resemblance of what Washington is doing with their defense. That front four. You got mm-hmm. Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. You've got A.J. Epineza, both of whom you drafted last year. You've got Boogie Basham and Gregory Rousseau. Epineza is that big, edge-setting, powerhouse defensive end who can get pressure, get sacks. On the other side, you're going to have Rousseau, who is more of that long, lean, speed-rushing top defender, as Kyle said. Then then you're going to have Basham and Ed Oliver in the middle, who are opposites each other. Oliver's just a powerhouse. I, I, I've been on him since he was in Houston. I still don't think we've seen what's fixing to come from him. Don't forget, um, Star Lutele is going to be back this year. While right. he's not, not great for IDP, he's going to eat up blockers in the middle because he's a big, powerful dude. And it's going to it's gonna let Ed Oliver move out a little bit and play a little more right. three-tack. And, and I'm glad beat. you said that because I think what you're seeing in Buffalo – is not set in stone positions, but some interchangeable positions. Because Epineza, 
big guy. He can kick inside a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basham, he, he played defensive end at Wake Forest. Ed Oliver, we know what he did at Houston. He played all along the defensive line. Then you got Rousseau. He can kick in if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's fine. So I think you're going to see four interchangeable guys whose games are completely different from each other, but are all just as good, and you're getting them year one and year two. Maybe you don't see it this year. But year three and year four with these four together, with Tremaine Edmonds and Terrell Adams and Jordan Poyer and those guys behind them, I'm telling you what Buffalo is doing, and McDermott, we all know it from his days in Carolina. He loves putting together a defensive line. Mm-hmm. Mario Addison, who he had in Buffalo recently. Uh, who was the other guy? Uh, star. Lutele. Yes. Carolina well, moved up to Buffalo. Wrong, you know what I'm saying? So he knows how to build a defensive line. You know, he had Julius Peppers down there. He had. He knows how to build – a dominant defensive line, and I think these guys are young. Two now you've got two second year players, Oliver and Epineza, and you got two first year players, Russo, Basham. Mm-hmm. You wait till year three and four with these guys, and you keep Edmonds, Adams, and maybe another linebacker behind them. Well, they resigned Matt Milano. But I know, I, I know they did, and that's key. But you keep this intact. Well, I'm just saying that's even better for the defense. He's oh, yeah, I agree. Actually. I agree. Yeah. But this defensive line is going to be – it's going to challenge Washington, who I think has the best defensive line in football right now. Yeah. I know a lot of people argue me on that, but – I don't know how they can. Who? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people will look at San Francisco pick? with what they got. but Really? I, I can't – I've that. heard the argument. I mean, I can understand that – I don't know. I don't even want to try to make a comparison in terms of from we, because I think that the, you start to look at rotational pieces as well. And, and and that's what we've talked about earlier. So one thing that's going to be key this year is seeing how many quality snaps you can get and yes, hit the nail on the head with Buffalo. Now, grant, granted, I know what you're saying about Rousseau and that he might yeah. get kind of lost in the shuffle in terms of overall IDP production, but that's it. That's, Really, really nice to be able to move in and out. And AJ Panessa, yeah. that high motor type guy, you know, yep. he can sustain for multiple drives if need be. And the only knock I heard on Rousseau is that he allows contact to get inside of him, you know, yeah. to get in. And, and and that's, you know, that's youth. And that's also yeah. with proper tutelage. And like you just said, you know, you teach teachings can go a long way. So I am not happy that uh, Buffalo is going to be as good as they are because obviously for us AFC fans, <laughs> we have to go through bu- – or Buffalo has to go through us or however you want to look at that. Uh, you're safe, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's scary when you can have a front four like that with that powerful of an offense with Jonathan Allen and, and Diggs and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know – it's almost kind of like what um, Indianapolis did in a way, you know, with Peyton Manning, Harrison, and Reggie Wayne, because they knew they were playing with a lead. All they needed to do is get them the lead, and that front four could go eat. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Now, Washington, they're lacking on offense. That's that's their problem. Uh, 
they, they that, improved, that's a though. huge problem. You know, yeah. I mean, adding Fitz, uh, and Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel should just give them that much more. And let's be honest, yeah, I'm sorry, the NFC East is not exactly a defensive powerhouse that I'm worried about stopping. Uh, hot, hot, hot spot here. Yeah. Does Washington win that division this year? What did we? What did we just did this? I need to find our numbers. Uh, I have we, it written down did, somewhere. Didn't we? Oh, we, we did. We both, in our late night bullshit hour, we did. Or yeah, we, we, we did. We did the whole. We broke down the entire. Oh God, we, did, uh, season. we did. We got this. it down to Super Bowl and wild cards and everything. And I think oh, we yeah, both we, had, we have both had yards, pal. You missed it. We both Damn. had Washington. So uh, shocker. Uh, this is for my own personal Patreon. If you want to listen, go to uh, at Nate Markham on Venmo, and I'll tell you what I'm. <laughs> I don't have. Right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we both had. Uh, we, we both had Carolina actually in the playoffs this year. Yep, we did. Yeah. Wow, I know. we did. A lot of that right. stems from that. Hey, defense, me and Nate you know? sat here and talked this out the other night, and we, like I said, it was it was way up in the morning. Oh shit! We right put here. some thought in this, dude. I have it. I have it right here. Yeah. See, he's done got notes and everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look oh, yeah. right here. Look what the top says. And it's <laughs> Rogers question mark. <laughs> that went into our decision. We didn't it know. Did. Was, it did. If, if Rogers is not, you know, if Rogers is there, I have Green Bay ahead of Minnesota. And, and that's the biggest not. wild card of the whole whole thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It really is. I agree. <laughs> Uh, I hear I hear about it regularly being a Packer fan. <laughs> yes. and, uh... <laughs> you missed it, Kyle. See, this is the thing that me and Nate gets off on when we get together and we're not recording. We just go down a rabbit hole, and you don't know where it's going. We have no clue. I Good stuff, though. Going. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with Nate. Like People should Venmo him if they want to see the predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who do you uh, think? Who do you think Hollywood had uh, winning the Super Bowl? Tennessee, no, nope, really. A- NFC team, I mean, NFC team. I mean, yeah. So I did. I did. I remember this. Shit. I remember. Um. Oh man, I don't even. I'm trying to think of like your favorite play. I know it isn't Green Bay. Tampa Bay. You had to take Tampa. It, Bay. Is, it is Tampa. Yeah. Bay. Yeah. 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 Yep. 22 returning starters. Yeah. That's going to be hard to freaking. You probably talked about Adamica Sue for four hours. Three and a half. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Tom Brady for about 15 minutes in the Adamica Sue for three and a half. No yeah. shit. Yep. Yep. Tampa Bay. Yep. They're going to be hard to beat with 22 returning starters. And I don't know that that's ever freaking happened. Yeah. It is wild. I, the, the Chiefs last year going in prior to, uh, the COVID opt-outs and everything had 20 returning starters, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that I'm sounds kind of right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're kind of right. You know, I didn't even realize that. Damn, yeah. But then, like, uh, we lost a few people for COVID and then uh, from opting out. But that still kept it up there pretty high. I mean, that, there's yeah, there's something to be said about that. Obviously, continuity Yeah, yep. last year was paramount with no OTAs yeah. and no nothing Good point. Else. This yeah. year is going to still be – I mean, it's still the same. You still want to have cohesiveness. Absolutely. Okay, so, all right. What rookie's favorite landing spot? Early, late, mid-round? What rookie's landed in the absolute 
perfect position in your mind? Like, um, you know, is it Micah Parsons in Dallas or is it a six round? You know, I don't want to mention names because I don't want to influence, but what rookies is your absolute favorite? And it doesn't matter. I, I guess let me clarify. They don't have to be. They don't have to be fantasy studs this year. But I guess what I'm kind of saying is if you're forecasting rookies, what rookies do you feel are going to be fantasy stars for the majority of their career? Hmm. You know, and I guess I, I guess I'm kind of thinking favorite landing spots. I mean, well, I mean, that's open. Uh, uh, just whoever, whoever. I'll say one of my favorites. I don't know if it's the favorite is I think Patrick Sertain, the second spot was great mm. just because that secondary in Denver is yep. nasty. I mean, yes, it is. you know, is. you bring Fuller in, you don't have to throw Sertain out there just to have such a huge role. He can kind can't say learn on the fly because he's still going to be asked to, you know, to start and produce and, and be viable, but to have Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons and uh, Kenneth Darby and all the, the list goes on of just support system, that support structure is really there. Um, if I had to do two from a coaching standpoint, I love Jamin Davis hooking up with Jack Del Rio. I just see, yeah. I think that combination just always breeds success. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I would say for me, because uh, he's probably my favorite player in the entire draft, and he, and I like the situation, it's Zayvon Collins in Arizona. Um, I love him at Tulsa. Right away when I started watching his tape, man, I was just – he was just a guy I, was, I couldn't watch enough. He's just awesome. He, he can do it all, the size, the athleticism, the skill set. Um, and Arizona takes him in the first round. And then they, they're going to put him at the mic, put him in the middle. By everything sounds like he's wearing the dot, calling the plays. And I was reading, um, you know, he said he's there's some bumps in the road here during OTAs because he's got a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. And it, he made some mistakes, as he said. He's got to make sure everybody's set. He's got to make sure he's got the right play called. And There's a lot for a rookie to do, but like he even said, he goes, he loves it. I love this. You know, this is what he wants to do. So, but anyway, um, I, I love Zayvon Collins' player. I wanted him to play the mic in the middle because his skill set, I think, is set up NFL-wise to succeed. I think IDP-wise, too, he's going to do really well. And um, love the player, love the fit. Him and Isaiah Simmons are going to be so much damn fun to watch. Exactly. Oh, right? I mean, just going to be a blast to watch. That defense is just just full of studs, man. Those two, Buda Baker, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones coming back, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, so – so I read and tell me did something change. Uh, you know, Kingsbury said he told Jordan Hicks that he can seek a trade if he wants. So yeah. they're pretty much saying here, yep. this is here's the keys to the to the yep. middle, Zaven, and uh, it will even move Hicks out of the way for even less yep. snap competition. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they 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 wanted, um, yeah, exactly. They wanted they um, they wanted to do right by Hicks and let him find where he wanted to go because he's been you know, such a good player and person mm-hmm. in the locker room and just a great teammate and, and the organization. So they wanted, I read they wanted to do right by him and let him try to find a deal. But basically, yeah, I mean, by all means, they're just like, here's the keys, David Collins. Uh, let's go, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it sounds like the two young bucks are going to be. So quick question, not to rocking. get sidetracked before I give my, 
my landing spots here. Yeah, you never sidetrack anything. Fuck no. you, Kyle. You fired, bitch. <laughs> there it is. Fired. Oh, damn it, Kyle. You were doing so good. You almost made it, Kyle. I couldn't help it. Um, speaking of Collins and Simmons, mm-hmm. a lot of Simmons truthers last year. A lot yeah. of Collins truthers this year. If you're picking one, who are you going with? Jeez. To me, it's clear. Really? See, I, I it's, it's 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 so clear to me. I maybe think I, I, and I'll say if I'm wrong, I'll say it. But to me, it's well, Collins I, all day long, and it's not okay. even close. Well, that would be mine too. But I also think that the I think that elevated floor with just that pure tackle upside give gives me. I like you know security. I like to know that Collins is going to be out there pretty much every you know every snap and. The, the tackles, the 100 – it's hard. I'm, I'm used to doing 16 games, so projections, right, tackles, right. whatever. Oh, gosh, you yeah. know what I mean? You have to yeah, 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 throw yeah. it in. Which, yeah. by the way, keep in mind, that does throw some people off. When people are talking about bets, they're like, hey, is this running back going to get over 1,000 yards? It's another game now. So the, the likelihood is even greater or whatever that. So oh, man. We can I do forget about that. that. You know I what I mean? That. Yeah. No, it screws me up a lot. <laughs> they were like, you know, 1,400 yards rushing. I was like, fuck, no, he's not. Oh, wait, there's another game. Yeah, okay, a- so I was curious to what y'all were going to say, mm-hmm. and I've kind of got three here. And if y'all got more, then feel free to chime in. Um, we kind of mentioned one of them earlier. Ernest Jones is one of them. Um, linebacker for the Rams. And, and to toot your horn for you, Daryl, you were on him early. I was. Really? I was. Thank you, Kyle. I just, you know, it was um, – actually, we did the magazine, and uh, the Rookie magazine, by the way. Uh, remind me to promote that, Kyle. Um, you know, he was a player that consensus we left out, and I started looking at some players that, okay, we've got our magazine, our Rookie magazine coming out. Who's some players that – probably should have been in the magazine that we missed or has the potential to be that. I thought Ernest Jones was one of them. I mean, he just lit it up for South Carolina, um, a stud. You're going to the Rams who have been looking, you know, they let Littleton go. They've had Kaiser. They've had uh, Hager. They've had different options, and they really just haven't settled on that. And I think Ernest Jones can come in and be that guy, um, just a downhill Tackler, uh, thumper type player, high football IQ, uh, not a flashy player by any means, but uh, he's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to be a solid player, and I think the Rams could use that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did I mention where he was going? Yeah, 48.8. Um, my number two, let's see, I'm trying to pull up my sheet here. Uh, where did he go? Oh, yeah. So my, my next one is Derek Barnes, linebacker from Purdue. Uh, kind of the same thing, Kyle. Wrote yep. up, I wrote up on him. Yes, you were, you were uh, on him early too. I just think with what Detroit's needing, they don't have a whole lot. You know, they've run out there with Gerard Davis and – Dwight Tobias. Yeah, and – Jalen Ravens, Meaves, and some other guys. They've just kind former of, Vol. Yep, former Vol. They've just missed out 
screw you, Kyle. They've just missed out on some. I know that was a shot. I know that was a shot. It was. I know you. Anyway. Can't fire him twice. Oh, I can. I fired him 10 times in one night. Don't doubt me. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, I just think they've been lacking at linebacker for quite some time. Um, I don't know what the Patricia experiment up there was. Um, Hopefully they get it turned around now. And I think uh, Derek Barnes is that guy. He's played some outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's played some inside linebacker in a 4-3, so he has some versatility. He can rush the passer. He can drop in coverage, uh, has a high motor. I think he's a kind of like Wallert said about uh, who was we talking about earlier? Bolton. Bolton, that high motor, you know, he's going to give you 100%. Derek Barnes is kind of that same mold motor-wise. Probably not as talented or gifted, I don't think, as Bolton. or, But I think with what Detroit wants to do, I think he's a perfect fit for them. Um, and then my, I'm going to throw Kyle a bone here. Yep. Kyle's going to be proud of me right here. Let me find him on my sheet. Where did it, and I think this may be... Yeah, right here he is. One of the steals in rookie drafts. They've tried over the past couple of years here, since they let Blake Martinez, we're talking about the Packers, since they let Martinez walk, which I know NFL people freaking hate, and I get it. I do. I get it. But, you know, this is a fantasy show. I'll take it. Blake Martinez is a freaking stud. Anyway, Mm -hmm. last year they tried Christian Kirksey. They tried Orrin Burks. Both of those fell on their face. They're going with Devondre Campbell this year, who I'm not sold on. But the guy that they drafted this year, Isaiah McDuffie, the linebacker from Boston College, that dude's a baller, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you. And you can get him pick 90. Pick 90. So if you're in uh, 12-team league, that's what? Like the seventh, eighth round almost. Yeah, seventh, yeah. eighth round. I mean, yeah. stupid, crazy value. Why would you not take a player like that who has just freaking lit it up at Boston College? Yeah. Huge tackle numbers. Why would you not take a flyer on a guy like that at a position that the Packers need? You know, mm-hmm. Kirksey was hurt, you know, didn't pan He's out. Gone now. He's gone. Oren Burks, who they drafted from Vanderbilt, never panned out, was that guy who they thought never maybe had. could be. You bring in Campbell. Maybe Campbell – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Devondre is the guy. But if he was the guy, I don't think that Atlanta would have let him walk. Um, so if you're looking to take a flyer late in drafts, and, I, I mean, this is a guy that you could probably pick up off waivers because he's not being drafted in every draft. That 90 spot is just in drafts that he's being drafted in, and he's not being drafted in a whole lot. So that's another thing that we don't talk about a whole lot. Um, I just think for a flyer pick, deep leagues where you can stash him on on your taxi squad, that's a no-brainer right there. And I don't know that even if Campbell has a good year, that McDuffie don't step in there beside him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nate. No, I I just was gonna dog Devondre Campbell a little bit. Yeah. Really dog him, <laughs> yeah. You see, Mike, all he was he was the uh I think we used the word pest and pesky. Like in Atlanta, he just seemed to uh 
take some of the production away, just eat up enough tackles to to be uh, a nuisance. And, and the same thing last year as well. And so I don't know. I mean, he has a lot. He has. He doesn't have to me uh, a Deion Jones or anybody that he has to worry. You know, dip production from in Green Bay, but. At the and same I think time, that's what helps McDuffie because there is nobody there. Right. I mean, I don't know that he doesn't start ahead of Campbell. Well, I mean, you got to remember, has you gotta remember Chris, Barnes, Chris Barnes was their guy down the stretch last true, year. True, true. And Jamal uh, Martin. Kamal Martin out of Minnesota. Martin, and, and he got dinged up early. You know, we talked about this a while ago. He got, he got dinged up early in the year. Um, they loved him in camp. Kamal and Martin. they got Ty Summers. Don't forget him. Right. Oh, and I, Ty Summers had the one week. Yeah, right, right. Did. And I think Ty Summers is like the perfect depth chart backup. Um, he's going to play special teams. When when shit went right. bad last year and everybody was hurt, he, they put the dot on his helmet. And Ty Summers called the plays and did fine. He just mm-hmm. he's not good in coverage. It's just he, you know, he, right. exactly. against the he's fine against the run and he can run the show for you. He'll get the defense aligned and set up. He'll call the plays. He'll get shit right, but he just struggles in coverage and he gets exploited. But he's perfect. Um, perfect guy to have in your depth chart because he. He, he's going to put the pads on every week, play special teams. He's going to contribute. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, so the biggest thing is I agree with you, McDuffie. If you can stash him, absolutely. Cause so right now you're telling me Campbell – Campbell, if I could speak, dumbass. <laughs> Campbell and Chris Barnes is probably your two linebackers right now? I would think so. I would take that because you got Zadarius and uh, Rashawn Gary's your outside guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to see. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming we're in that three four. Well, right now the word is Joe Barry's scheme is not going to be all that much different than Penton's. Um, that's what we're seeing right now. You know, I think this off season we got to see it first and see what he's doing. But the word is that it's not changing a ton. The verbiage and language and calls are different. But um, you know the, the the position coaches are back. Um, so the familiarity with the players is there is good. Um, we got to just see what, what Joe Barry's going to roll out with. Um, he's going to find ways to get Preston Smith, Zedarius Smith, and Rashawn Gary on the field. See, that solidifies some things for me because if we're going with this 3 4, you're going with Kamal Martin, Devondre Campbell as your starters. I'm still eating up Isaiah McDuffie. Right, yeah. Because I think he has, at the very least, I think he has the potential to be that LB3 for the inside, you know? Well, and the thing is, like, Green Bay ran a ton of dime last year. And are they going to, you know, are they going to continue to have just one productive? I mean, it's kind of the trend, you know? We're seeing a lot of teams with just one real snap eater at linebacker um, with the subs and stuff. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the camp competition at linebackers is going to be something to keep an eye on at Green Bay because Chris Barnes kicked Kirksey to the side last year at the yeah. end of the year. Kamal Martin, uh, they loved him in camp. He was really, really making some noise, got hurt, played a little bit, did okay, but he was in and out. So, you know, he's a guy that's going to get some noise in camp too, and then they just bring in Campbell right now. And what does that mean? Is You know, are they going to lean a veteran? Is Barnes and Martin progress like they think? And I like McDuffie as well. I liked him at Boston College. He's rangy. He, he can cover. He, he's a go. He's his motor never stops. The dude is just relentless. Um, and he's gonna, I, I think he's one of those dudes too. Immediately, he's gonna contribute on special teams, make the team suit up. So, um, yeah, if, if you can find a linebacker that's on the field full time at Green Bay, it's productive for IDP. So, we, yep, 
take as many shots as you can. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. So is there any other rookies that we've not discussed that maybe you want to mention? Maybe you want to know where they're being drafted? Uh, I got one. Okay. Who you got? Garrett Wallow for Houston. He has been drafted. Actually, he's close to McDuffie. He's being drafted at 92 okay. and a half right now. Yeah, he's another guy. Stash him if you can. Um, yeah. You know, fifth round pick. I liked I liked him at TCU. His tape is a little up and down, but I think for him to get coached up, um, the the tools are all there. He's a former safety. He's got a good skill set to cover, and um, you know, he's a guy. His instincts sometimes a little off, but he just goes. So he's aggressive. You like that? So getting coached up and being you know being around Zach Cunningham and whatever, um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get the you know the experience and coaching he needs. And Houston's gonna be bad. Really bad. Really bad. So they're going to play a ton yes. of snaps. And they, they might, um, you know, at some point in the year, they might just say, let's see what the rookies got. You know, we'll Houston might out there and be speed worse light. than Saxonville. Oh, they're definitely going to be worse than Jacksonville. Yeah. For it's going to sure. be close. Oh, no. It ain't going to be even close. Oh, yeah. It's going to be close. Over under two wins this year is honestly a realistic number. That is Houston, That's a good yeah. line. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm saying that. You I'd know, probably take cheek. the damn under on that. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what their schedule is, but you would have to sh- rattle off. I mean, what teams are we even considering? Detroit is realistically the only other team that I can think yeah. of that might be equally as bad. And yeah, and obviously we're banking on the fact that right. it's going to be Deshaun Watson out and whoever in. Oh, it ju- this just hit me. Does the 0 and 16 get broke now that we're in 17 game seasons? Not this year. I'm not saying just this year, but does that record get broken going forward? And so, and with that said, there's a pot I've heard the rumor that 18 games is coming. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of that. It's hard. I mean, to be that. There's a reason well, you why would think that 0 and 16 wouldn't be. <laughs> An oh, option, shit. but but it's it's been done. Yeah. Houston's gonna push for that. Detroit may push for that again. I bet as I hate to say it, but I mean, even not just this year, do you think 0-16 will ever be broke? No, I know you could kind of get technical with the one and seventeen or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't know. I want to remain optimistic that there's gonna be enough parity in the league that someone's not gonna be that bad. I'll lie. I mean, Houston deserves, <laughs> Houston deserves to go 0-17. The, the mismanagement in that entire franchise has been of epic proportions. I, I hate mean, Bill I, O'Brien's gone because he sent that franchise so back so freaking far. I'm far from, you know, confident enough to say that I could be a GM in the NFL. I realize that's <laughs> not. But I 100% believe that there's no way that I would have put them in the position that they're in right now. I just oh, yeah, can't see sure. a situation that if anybody came to me and said, you know, here's uh, you want to give up DeAndre Hopkins? What, what do you want? Um, here's this, you know, and, and <laughs> trash. And right. it, you know, sorry, your garbage. Truth, yes. But it's just so bad. And then, I mean, oh, shit. Uh, who is the uh, uh, Laramie Tunsil? That whole that oh, God. was another bad one. Oh, I mean, it just goes, you know. It yeah. goes so deep. We could talk for an hour and 55 minutes on how bad Houston is. Yeah. And probably not hit the same 
topic twice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. I agree. All right. Good stuff, guys. Man, been an awesome show. It don't even feel like we've been at this for almost two hours. Um, wow. <laughs> two hours ago, he sends a message. Well, man, we should probably figure out what we want to talk about. Like, there wasn't going to be enough time to fill. It was going to be a, a five-minute show. Welcome. Oh, it's it's, it's so funny because I, it's funny you say that because I do this show sheet every week with Kyle. Me and him fills it out when, you know, we, we line up our guests, what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about. And every once in a while we have a show that we're like, what are we talking about? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? And I'm like, we're screwed. And the next thing I know, it's one of our best shows ever. So, <laughs> But I always keep that in the back of my mind. No matter what topics we are, I always know that we're going to go down some path or some rabbit hole on something because everybody thinks differently. And for me, I, I kind of love that about Dan because he wanted to stay on topic and stay structured. Mm -hmm. But I also love that because veering off the path and just going freestyling because despite what you can you're sitting there and you're planning and you're thinking there's always something you miss until you hit the show or you hit record and you're like oh i forgot this and then boom you hit this and it takes you here and here and here so yeah love that um nate yes tell them what you're doing where you're at where they can find you all that good stuff so the uh from football perspective uh you can obviously find my, a lot of my work at uh on twitter at nate markham i'm currently in the middle of writing a couple different things from uh idp sleepers to which i might i should have written down everyone you guys just said plagiarized uh, all your information <laughs> it's too late totally kidding, totally kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> i should never even put that out there because if i happen to even have something that was close to what we talked about <laughs> please don't think that would ever happen but oh, uh, Absolutely not. that is at uh at fantasy and frames i know you guys know jorge edwards and the yep. the group of uh characters that we have over the great group of guys. I mean, so fun to work with. Nothing's high stress, nice and easy conversations like this. Uh, we set each other up for success, which is the most important thing you can possibly do. But yeah, you can, uh, hopefully we have some, you know, some really good content coming out, not hopefully, but we do. And then the, uh, the four eyed championships are, uh, our IDP charity contest. Hopefully everybody, yes. you guys are all signed up. I, I really want to win uh, this year pretty bad. So if you know if you guys can get in my league and just tank, that would be ideally uh, <laughs> appropriate. That belt's badass. It really is. Uh, Ryan Weiss awesome. uh, won last year, and it's it's sweet. But yeah, so you guys, thank you so much for having me on. I, I couldn't imagine. You know, hell, an hour and fifty eight minutes ago, I didn't think it was going to be nearly as much fun as it was, and <laughs> I knew it was going to be. Good. <laughs> No, man. Thanks for joining us. This was yes, a blast. Absolutely, um, man. It's always absolutely, fun when you're doing. Yeah, dude. Absolutely brought brought the knowledge and uh, appreciate you joining us and uh, putting up with Daryl for two hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It took a lot. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, uh, we do so many conversations and chats and videos and streams not recorded. I knew it would be a, a fire show from you because it's just great talking football with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just awesome. Um, 
Kyle, what are you working on? What are you doing, man? Um, right now, I I'm just uh, I just updated my rankings. Um, we uh we we added a few players to the rankings list and moved some guys around because man, it's it's the off season. The it I mean it's. Yep. I could just never make up my mind half the time where I want to rank these guys. Um, so yeah, updated the rankings. Um, gonna start writing. I wrote that Rashawn Gary uh, article last week. I believe that one was near and dear to me being a Packer fan and oh, a Michigan man, that was fan. An awesome article. Yeah, well, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, that one was a lot of fun to write. Um, and uh, that just gonna kind of bring some some ideas to find out where it leads me for hopefully write something here soon again and. Um, yeah, man, this uh, you find my stuff at IDP guys, um, on Twitter at KBell54. Always down to, to chat about anything, football, whatever. Um, uh, once again, thanks a lot, Nate, for coming on. This was a blast, yeah. dude. Pre- yeah, appreciate you taking thanks, the time man. to hang with us and, and dropping the knowledge. And, uh, man, this is a good time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yep. thank time. you, Nate. Um, go check out our IDP rookie magazines, offense, defense, they're out now. Uh, so many good writers, me, Kyle, Eric, Dan, uh, Dingus, um, Joey, Sean, Todd, Joey, Sean. Todd. Yeah, so many great people. Thank you to Faith and Biddy for doing some of the editing. On Nate that. For, it, for, for all the layout and design. Yeah, and man. It was coach, cla- coach for uh, keeping us all alive. Uh, yeah, he was a ball buster. I, yeah. I, was, I was so over him already. Um, <laughs> And if you don't know who Coach is, go check him out at Dynasty Vipers over there with uh, Cal. They do good stuff. But, oh, they do great stuff, yeah. Uh, be sure to check out this rookie magazine. Um, last year, you know, I'm so – I say it every week. I'm so in tune with what IDP is. When I went to do my rookie drafts last year, I was kind of, what do I do on offense? And I actually pulled the offensive magazine, and, man, it was such a help. It's action-packed. There's so many uh, – nuggets in there you know the history the injury history all that good stuff so be sure to check that out it's out now you can get the bundle uh with the um with the subscription that's the best value that's where you need to sign up and do that but go to idpguys.org check that out um you will not be disappointed if you sign up for a subscription those two rookie guys are going to pay for it itself so um a lot of good people that we work with eric as well um, be sure to check that out. Um, I've been doing a little bit of everything. Those 700 rankings, man, oh, combined yeah, rankings, that's a freaking beast when you're doing 700 combined offense and defense rankings and you're updating them. Um, but uh, I like doing those. Uh, go check it out. we got a great group doing those. Uh, I got my top 100 IDP Debbie rankings uh, for college. Go check those out. Doing all my articles there. Um Yep, that well. stuff's killer. And uh, be sure to check out uh, Debbie IDP Grind. It's a podcast dedicated to the campus to Canton IDP College. Debbie side just finished up an awesome freaking interview with Zion McCollum, uh, defensive back for uh, uh, Sam Houston State, the uh, national champions of uh, the uh, FCS. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it, FCS. It always gets me, but yeah, man, he was uh he was amazing. Got a bunch more interviews lined up. A lot of great content there if you're following uh, the Davy stuff. Uh, whoo, MFL, Action Twenty Four Seven. Check them out as well. 
man, man, two hours, and it don't even feel like we've been at this 30 minutes. Uh, mm -mm. Good such, stuff, good, man. such good stuff. But uh, thank you for following. Oh, almost forgot. Patreon. Go check our Patreon out. We've got different tiers, but if you're signing up for our top tier, you're getting uh, Ethan Turner. M most of y'all know on uh, Twitter, Dr. Ethan Turner, the official doctor of IDP Nation. He's got an injury guide. If you'll sign up for the top tier of our Patreon, you're getting that magazine for free. And I can tell you right now, you want to talk about our rookie magazines? His freaking injury guide is amazing, dude. I've used that as well. Go, I mean, it's a perfect breakdown. He's got a diagram of the body. Tells you he goes back as far as you can. I've seen him go back to the eighth grade on some of these guys. I don't know <laughs> where he gets it from, but he, he <laughs> finds it so good. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, as well, you've heard us talk about my IDP ADP rookie um, draft um, spreadsheet that I'm doing. So I threw that in there because it's in the chat. So uh, be sure to sign up for the Patreon and support us. That's another way you can support us. You know, if you don't want to do that and you just want to make a donation, you can hit me up. I'll send you the PayPal link, and you can do that. But, uh, man, Nate, thank you for coming on, man. It's yeah, I love talking football with you because it, hey. it seems to go on for hours. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, years collectively we, uh, between us to watch football. It's, we do. We do. As, as old folks have, uh, have a lot to talk about. It's a good we time. do. We awesome. do. But, anyway, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you, Nate, for coming on. And uh, – we will catch you next week. Go Pat, go. See, we didn't we didn't need that bullshit. <laughs> we didn't need that. Nobody's saying tighten up. Nobody's throwing a war hammer like Nate with his Chiefs. And you, you got to jump out with go Pat, go. Really, he ain't even got a damn quarterback. But he said he was he did it in Jordan Love's voice. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> was, <laughs> was yeah. It was it was a. Impersonation. He does impersonations. Oh, okay. For us. I immediately I, regret that decision. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like Kermit Frog. Uh, he does uh, Jordan Love. I get it. Well, yeah. Okay. I get it. Good stuff. Oh man.